may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious God, do please open our minds to the wideness and the depths and the wonders of your mercy, that our hearts are open not only to you, but to each other. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, a quick little poll, no politics involved, okay? Uh, what's your, your favorite Bible passage? Raise your hand if it's the 23rd Psalm is a favorite Bible passage. A good one that you love, okay? What about uh, John 3.16? For God so loved the world. Yeah, a few more of you. Um, how about um, Ecclesiastes 3? For everything, there's time and a season or purpose under heaven. Yeah, a few like that one too. Uh, the parable of the prodigal son. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, so uh, some of you, you may have a lot of favorites there like I do. I have a lot of favorites. What about today's gospel reading? Any of you think that's one of your favorites? No? Me neither, <laughs> to be very honest with you. I have a long list of Bible passages that I love, but this gospel text today would not be on my top 10 or even the top 25. It's a hard text, to be honest with you. You know, uh, it, it's one of those things, you know, my favorites are all of those ones that, uh, I like them soft, you know, what a friend we have in Jesus type of things, uh, where I might be the lamb that Je Jesus the good shepherd puts on his shoulder and brings back home after I've strayed off a little bit. Um, I, I like the ones of comfort and grace and peace and, and all of those wonderful, warm, soft, cuddly things. Easter, Christmas, those kinds of stories. And today's text is not like that. It's not like that at all. And in fact, it seems to turn everything inside out and upside down in many, many ways. You know, uh, Pharisees get two characters in this parable, a Pharisee and a tax collector. Pharisees in the Gospels get a pretty bad rap most of the time. They're, um, they're the ones who ask Jesus questions all the time, kind of trying to trap him and get him uh, off kilter or something like that. They're the, his antagonists. And they're part of those who uh, get him arrested and crucified. But there are some good Pharisees in the Gospels as well. Nicodemus was one, came to Jesus at night. Joseph of Arimathea was another. Paul, well, at least after he was converted, he was one of the good guys too, you know? So the, it, we get kind of a mixed bag with Pharisees in the Gospels. And the truth is that in Jesus' day, Pharisees were good people. They were the faithful ones, always there at worship, every Sabbath. They were the ones who did everything to observe as best they could all of the, the rules and the regulations and the ideas of what it meant to be a good Jewish person. They were the ones who gave everything that was asked of them to support the temple. And by, by the way, that was a heck of a lot. We ended up being in something like not just a tenth, 
but with all of the other things added, maybe like 23% of their income to support the temple. They gave that. They did all of the good things. They were moral people. They were the good citizens of their day. And that's who Jesus is talking about here. And uh, then you had the tax collectors. <laughs> they were the scum of society. They were about the lowest rung you could get. You see, they had contracted with the Roman government, at least this kind of tax collector, as mentioned today. They had contracted with the Roman government to pay a certain fee, a certain amount of money to Rome. And they did that up front. And then they went and collected from their fellow Jewish citizens. And they did this by setting up um, a booth or kind of like a toll booth along some of the major traveled routes, maybe in the city, maybe outside. And anybody who came by, they would do their best to cheat them out of as much of their money as they could. That's how they made to pay to cover the cost of what they'd given, plus their own income. And so anybody who traveled in those areas hated these guys. You know, they knew they were going to get shaken down. And one commentator I read called them like mafia extortionists. Not the kind of people we like to hang around with or think of as good people. And in the Talmud, which is... Um, a book where it's the writings of many Jewish rabbis interpreting the Torah. Uh, in the Talmud, it, it's described that for these tax collectors, these kinds of people to repent, required that they pay back everything they had extorted from people, plus one-fifth, plus leave the trade. Now that became quite impossible because, you see, they taxed people every day, different people, different amounts as they came by and to keep track of all of that and who, who to give things back to, even if they had the funds to do that, which they probably didn't. Plus, since they dealt with Gentiles, the Romans, they were considered ritually unclean. So basically, they were seen not only as despised and despicable people, but as unforgivable. Unforgivable. So as Jesus was telling this parable today, you had everybody who was listening rooting for the Pharisees. Yeah, this guy is the good guy. These are the great people. These are the ones we want everybody to be like. And booing for the tax collector. You know, he didn't even have the right to come into the temple, according to many of them, to think that he should defile the temple, God's holy house, by his presence there. And in the midst of that, what does Jesus do? He says, the tax collector is the one who goes home justified. Not the Pharisee. Turning it all upside down and inside out. One of the ways to kind of grasp the power of any of Jesus' parables or teachings is to figure out who we are might be in that story. As I look around this morning, I see a lot of familiar faces. You know, I'm a member here. I usually come to the 1045 service. I do occasionally get to the 831. And, you know, 
you're the people I know. You're the people I see. We're the ones who are here regularly on a Sunday morning. You're the ones who are faithful in your giving and participation here at, at Pisgah. You know, you're, you're the good people. You're the ones like the good Pharisees. And so am I. You know, we're like that. Uh, and yet, in this parable, there's things about this Pharisee I really don't want to be like. You know, that particular Pharisee, think about his prayer. It was all about him. How much I give, how much I, you know, fast, how much I'm not like somebody else, all the bad stuff I don't do. That was his whole prayer. It was, God, look at me, how good I am. And in the midst of that, he's thanking God for not being like one of those people, the tax collector over there. And he, he's even uh, not thankful for what God has done, but it's all about what he's done to be a good person. His prayer are words of a person who has no need for God. He's done it all himself. He's a self-made righteous man. We live in a world and a culture, especially nowadays, where there's so much talk about how we're not like somebody else. You know, there's comparisons, there's pointing out the differences, there's all the divisions that are going on. And it's not just with politics. It even gets into the churches. Gets into every part of our daily lives. And there's a lot of people pointing out how, you know, in, in one way or another, we're different than some other group, some other group of people. And yes, a lot of that has to do with the midterm elections, but that's not all it. And I like to think I don't do that stuff. I like to think that I'm, uh, you know, I'm honest and caring and open to everybody, but I'm not like those people. And the moment I do that, it's gotcha, you know? I become like those people. And that's frustrating. It's how quickly, how easily, and how frequently we become like that Pharisee today in the gospel text. We look at all the good things we do, and we do good things. You know, good citizens, honest, dependable people care for our families, here at worship, participate at Pisgah, give charitably. You know, all of the good things we do and all, we look at the things that, no, we're not like some other people. There are things that we don't do. We don't steal. We don't hurt people. We don't use a string of foul language or whatever it may be. And in some small way, we feel a little bit better than those who don't who aren't quite like us. Jesus makes it very clear in the parable that any time we do that, any time we keep 
any kind of score. It just won't do. It won't make us right with God, that's for sure. It won't justify us. Now, I, I realize that that may not be where you are today. You may be feeling a little bit more like that tax collector. And you may be in a relationship or a place where um, it feels like you can't do anything right. Sometimes people tell us that or tell others that. Uh, you may be feeling like no matter how hard you try, things just aren't working. You may feel like the whole world's against you. Sometimes people feel like even God is against them. Whether you're a little more like the Pharisee or like the tax collector today, the one thing the parable tells us for sure is that we're all sinners. That none of us can justify ourselves to God. And the reality is that we have a heavenly Father who is aching and waiting for us to stop trying to do that. To just come. To basically throw ourselves on God's mercy like the tax collector did. That's all we need to do. And sometimes the simplest things are the hardest for us to do. Because our culture tells us we got to do it ourselves. Instead of just be the child of God. Last Sunday at the 1045 service, I was watching online and I've got it right down. Pastor Stephen said, and I'm quoting, the overarching message of scripture is love. He's right. And that's the message of this parable too. Whether you are feeling more like a tax collector or a Pharisee. God's desire is for us to come, to rely fully on God's love as expressed in and through Jesus. It's the only way to be justified. It's the only way to be declared righteous. And then we go and do those other things out of thanks, the good things, out of thankfulness but never, never to earn that place, never to be better than someone else. And, and you know what? As I've studied this text and thought about it, I'm going to add this one to my list of favorite texts. I hope you'll consider doing that too. Amen.